1: date now on Bumble.
2: Welcome to the Business Influencer Marketing Podcast with your hosts, Jamie Lieberman and Danielle Liss. Each week we will help you unlock the secrets of influencer marketing through interviews with leading professionals and tips and tricks to help you scale your business. Sit back, grab a coffee, and let's talk all things influencer marketing. Hey, this is Jamie.
3: And this is Danielle.
2: And welcome to the Business Ease Influencer Marketing Podcast, episode 62. Danielle, I'm I'm really hungry, and um, (laughs) it's lunchtime right now, and all I can think about is that One, I want to have lunch. And two, next week is Thanksgiving.
3: I love Thanksgiving so
2: much. I do too. And it doesn't help that I could probably eat a whole Thanksgiving meal right now.
3: (laughs) I would do it happily. And then I would eat another one for dinner. So we probably talked about this last year, I'm sure. But it's a conversation that I think is worth revisiting at any time. What is your favorite part of Thanksgiving dinner? I...
2: I can't pick. I actually really love the turkey, which I feel like no one ever never says. Everyone always loves the sides and I love this. I can't that's not a fair question. I'm going to I'm going to be the fifth.
3: Thing. So often people mess up the turkey True. and I think that's why it doesn't get love, but when turkey is done well, oh. yeah.
2: And with the right what, gravy? Yeah. The
3: right gravy. I I want to live in a world where I can just have gravy all the time on everything yes. so yeah mashed potatoes with the gravy is like my favorite oh My God, part I'm of it
2: so hungry you do love mashed potatoes I do I, I know you hate pie which yeah yeah but I love pumpkin I mean I also I love pie so we're, we're a little different there although I do love cake as well but I love pumpkin pie I do not like anything else pumpkin though no pumpkin spice stuff. I think mean, we talked about this in a previous episode.
3: Yeah, that was, that's one of our more controversial viewpoints. <laughs> I, um, I hate pie and we always end up having a bunch of them around the house. And like, I, well, the thing is I don't like crust oh. and people tell me that's because I've only had bad crust, but I've had enough that I think it's got a decent sample to represent the world of crust. I don't know. And um, so like if we get an apple pie or a cherry pie, like I'll just eat the filling yeah. and leave the nastiness. So,
2: so I actually don't like stuffing. And everyone always says to me, well, you just haven't had good stuffing. And I, like you say, I've been around for many years and tried many stuffings and I just don't really like it.
3: The only kind of stuffing I like is stovetop.
2: I knew, See, we have had this <laughs> conversation. I knew for you real? were going to say that.
3: And I basically cook it and then dehydrate it to the point like under the broiler where it is basically croutons again. <laughs> so it's like it would be easier if they just made the croutons flavored like regular stuffing. <laughs> it'd be easier for me anyway. But yeah, I um I'm still a stovetop girl and because of my youth I like the cranberry sauce that is completely jelly and oh, yeah. shaped like a can.
2: Yeah, me too. But you know I've
3: never had stovetop. It's delicious, but don't eat it like mushy. Like you gotta get that a little bit crispy on top. Like I've had it mushy and I'm like, duh, this is just gross. And as soon as it's crunchy again, I'm like, oh, That's let good. me eat this as though it's a piece of bread.
2: <laughs> oh man, I need lunch. It's kinda of fitting. <laughs> it's kind of fitting that our our guest today is a food blogger.
3: It's always fitting when our guests are
2: food bloggers because
3: then you know there's some kind of diversion
2: down our, our main you. area of conversation. Food. Food. Yeah. Yeah, our guest today is cool. So she our guest is Sarah Trenalone from the blog Champagne Tastes. She is part of the Unlock the Mystery series, and she her income is our five figure and under. So it's kind of cool because she's just starting to make money and it's been it was really neat to chat with her and talk to her all about her journey. Let me tell you a little more about Sarah. She, like I said, is the creator of Champagne Tastes. Sarah is a photographer, a recipe developer, and a food writer. Who loves to eat and travel so basically we're best friends (laughs) she has a bfa in fine art photography and an mat in art education she spent 10 years as a wedding photographer but has moved on to a much tastier job food writing and photography and you can totally tell on her site she has lived most of her life in central appalachia And loves spending her free time with her husband, doing volunteer work, hiking through the national parks in eastern Kentucky, traveling along the Bourbon Trail, and hanging out with their mostly mute cat. I feel like you might be best friends with her too, Danielle.
3: Did you say mostly mute? (laughs) I did. I have so many questions. But you know know what? We'll deal with that at another point. Let's dive into your questions for Sarah in the interview.
2: That was the best segue we've ever had. That was exceptional. Yeah. I am very excited today. I am here with Sarah Trenalone, the creator of Champagne Tastes. And Sarah is kind enough to volunteer to come on the podcast to talk in our Unlock the Mystery Money series. So thank you, Sarah, for coming on. We're excited to have you.
1: Thanks for having me, Jamie. I'm excited to be here. Me too. Your
2: website is awesome. Your food photography is, I am um, I have an extreme jealousy of anyone who can take beautiful photos <laughs> of food. <laughs> oh, thanks. So can you tell our audience a little bit about yourself, about your site, if there's any other businesses that you have?
1: I used to be a wedding photographer, um, so I did that for about 10 years, and then I decided to move on. So I've started doing food photography and recipe development. Right now, that's what I am working on uh, my website. And I like it better because I like to eat and it lets me eat whatever I want. <laughs> so um, yeah, so that's what I've been working on now. And it's kind of developed. It's changed a little bit since I started it. I started it on a whim a couple years ago. And I just put on there whatever I was eating over the last few years. I've able to monetize it, and so that's been kind of exciting.
2: So when you started the website, was it something you were doing on the side, or did you decide to go right into it, and you were going to do this full-time?
1: Oh, no. I wanted to send my friends recipes without typing them in emails. I didn't have any idea that you could monetize, um, which probably made it a little harder to monetize when I went to go do that, because it was kind of all over the place. So I spent a little bit of time kind of cleaning it up and deciding what I wanted to actually make my website about but I'm happy with the direction it's gone now over the last year I kind of have tweaked the the focus. And so now it's focusing mostly on, I think of my ideal reader of being like an urban hippie. So somebody who really, really wants to kind of reconnect with nature, especially with their food, but doesn't really have the desire or the resources to move out into the country and start like a farm or a homestead. So I do a lot of garden to table recipes, try to do a lot of sustainable seafood. And I've done a little bit with fermenting and foraging, um, but things you could do like in an apartment, um, without access to a lot of space. I love
2: this. So this is really interesting, because, you know, you hear over and over, you have to find your focus, find what your point of view is. Um, And I like hearing how in your journey to monetize or to make money off of your site, you realize you have such a distinct point of view. What did it
1: look like before this point of view? I pretty much eat seafood and vegetarian food at home. I'm not a strict, uh, I think that's called pescatarian. I'm not a strict pescatarian. We still eat meat sometimes. Um, but so I was trying to, at the beginning, like push it as a pescatarian diet friendly website. But I started to realize that I wasn't really like who I was advertising towards was not, it wasn't resonating with them. So it's probably because I wasn't putting really diet friendly recipes on my website. Um, <sighs> <laughs> so eventually I stopped and thought about what was doing well on the site and um, what recipes I enjoyed more and what people were commenting and saying they had made and, and took a new look at it and tried to refocus it. So, but I'm happy with where i at now.
2: So, how did you, when you said you took a look back to see at what was doing well, how did you, what was that process like for somebody who maybe is in your shoes, who's maybe your shoes a couple years ago, where you have the site that you sort of started? Like, I love the reason that you started it. Many years ago, I started a blog because I was tired of sending my friends and family updates on my son. So, I just (laughs) started doing that because I was like, I'm not emailing this anymore. You could check the blog if you're interested. And that turned into something for a little while. So, similar story. So, what was your process like when you were figuring out how to narrow it? what did you what did you look at metrics or what was it?
1: I tried to look at everything. Um so there were a few recipes that people consistently made from my site. One of them was pretty healthy, but a lot of times they weren't necessarily healthy. They were things that use like fresh ingredients. But then also, my Instagram is not huge right now, but I do feel like it's full of like actual people who were following along and trying to cook. And the things that people were responding to or sending me pictures of that they had made, a couple honeysuckle recipes and a citronella plant recipe and things like that. And they were sending me pictures and being really excited about that. And I didn't really ever hear anything like that about the recipes that were supposed to be for like a specific diet. So I just took a look at that. Um, I looked at my Google Analytics. I just tried to get an overall picture of what people were responding to, um, before deciding to change what I was doing. And I, I kind of call it like a soft rebrand because I don't think, or quiet rebrand. I didn't really change what I was cooking. I changed how I was advertising it. A pescatarian recipe group, and I still have it. Um, but I noticed that they weren't responding to most of my, most of my recipes very well. And they were sharing their own recipes that they'd find. And they didn't look like my recipe. So I, I, it was another thing that made me decide. Maybe I needed to kind of tweak the direction and see, see what I was doing. I, I love that. That's so smart.
2: I mean, being able to sit back and really have that critical eye, I think it makes all the difference, particularly if you're going, if you're deciding to make it into a business. So right. let's talk money. Um, and we appreciate and love that you're willing to kind of talk candidly about money. So tell us, where are you financially with your website now?
1: So I'm on track to make about nine to 10000 this year, which actually is similar to what I made last year, but way more than I did the year before. But I'm still happy, even though the numbers didn't skyrocket from last year to this year, because that was in the middle of when I was kind of trying to rebrand. And also, I was able to diversify the income quite a bit. So last year, about three fourths of the income was from one brand that I was working with, uh, which I knew at the time was not good. Like I, I knew that that was kind of risky that if anything happened with that brand, and it did, we don't work together this year, that I could end up having basically no income. Um, so this year, I was able to work with several different brands and to get ad revenue. Um, so my traffic got high enough that I could sign on with MediaVine.
0: Ah,
2: they are—we are huge fans of MediaVine over here. Yeah, we've had uh, we've had their marketing uh, manager Jenny Guy on talking all about monetization, which is actually one of our most popular and most downloaded podcast episodes. Which is what yeah. inspired us for for this series. Actually, was talking with Jenny. So that's great. So you're doing so your income essentially comes from sponsored content and ads. Yes, exactly. Uh, that's smart. Are there any other um, income streams that you'd like to get into?
1: I'm trying to figure out how to do affiliate income a little bit because it seems a little bit more hands off. But mainly right now, I feel like my ad income is not like I haven't reached the potential of what it could be because my traffic hasn't gotten high enough to get what I what I hear other people making from Mediavine. So I know that there's a lot of potential for growth there. So right now I've been working on search engine optimization and trying to get a little more steady traffic on different recipes from Google.
2: They have that cool um, podcast too that Amber does from Mediavine yeah. all about SEO. I know she gives some unbelievable tips there.
1: Yeah, she's great. That's very cool.
2: So, what are your hopes and what are your plans for next year? Because we are coming to the end of 2018, which is a crazy thing to say, but I know. (laughs) What are you hoping to do next year?
1: Um. Well, I'm still hoping to increase. I don't have a number goal, but I am hoping that it will continue to grow Um, I was able to hire a virtual assistant that's freed up a lot of time that I was spending on the computer doing like things that I don't need to be doing Um, so now she's doing some of that so I'm hoping that I can create more content and get just a stronger core reader group so that's my goal for next year and then I will hopefully get a clearer picture of what I want to do with my income goals as I move along. (laughs)
2: So, this is, I like this because I know a lot of people will hesitate to hire and they feel like they need to wait and wait and wait. What prompted you to go out and find a VA? I
1: had been thinking about it for a while just because I didn't think that my time was being used as well as it could be because the things that I wanted someone else to take over were not making me as much money when I was sitting at my computer doing like very monotonous things like social media sharing um, and posting on Facebook and posting on Instagram I just kept thinking that my time would probably be better used if I was creating and also I find those things a little bit tedious and they're not as enjoyable to me so I was hopeful that if I could find someone else to do the things that I didn't like to do and I wasn't necessarily really good at that my accounts would grow and that I would enjoy the whole process more and hopefully make more money at the same time.
2: That is so smart. I, that is the piece of advice I give to people all the time. And I know a lot, especially when you're just starting on your income journey and, you know, I feel like you've It sounds like you've been doing this for a little more than a year of really focusing on making money. It makes people really nervous. So I think that's really smart and and an excellent plan. And how's it worked out since you hired the VA? Has it helped?
1: It's good. Yeah, it helps keep my my mind more focused. So she takes care of my Instagram and has started taking care of my Facebook. I still pop in because I like to see what people are making. Like I think that's where people tend to message me pictures of what they've cooked so I'm still around uh, but she takes care of all the posting and lets me know if something's popped up that I need to check on it makes me feel less like Facebook and Instagram are ruling my life so that's good <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> that can really happen
2: that's so funny i yeah. i don't i i don't like when i fall down that rabbit hole either yeah so what advice would you give to someone who's either just starting out or is thinking about starting to monetize
1: i was able to go straight like to working directly with brands i know a lot of people start out with networks instead of working directly with the brands but i really enjoyed working directly with the brands i think you get like a clear picture of what they want you get paid better so i worked with brands for about six months before I realized what the ad or not ad networks what the um the influencer networks I didn't realize like my very first brand sponsored post was like they paid me like double what um, I see on the influencer network yes. job listings and and I didn't have high traffic at all like I was making like I had like 15,000 15,000 views a month and I mean I got 300 for the first post that I did so like I think that the potential is a lot higher when you work with the brands directly as opposed to going through networks so So did
2: you approach the brand or did the brand find you
1: I approached them I um, love this this makes yeah. me happy.
2: Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I, I hear a lot of times people are, oh, my traffic's not high enough. I'm intimidated to approach them. So can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Sure. So I, well, I don't use a lot of prepackaged food. So I do feel like your potential for different brands is a little lower if you're trying to do like a, a website without a lot of packaged food on it. So I just looked at the food that I was buying pre-made. Um, and so at the time I was buying a lot of frozen fish. So I figured out which brands that I liked and I started emailing them and telling them like specifically what I had tried and what I liked and that I'd like to try and make a recipe with it. Um, And one of them emailed me back and it turned into something like a really nice brand relationship for about a year. And that's what I've kept doing. Probably like a hundred people will ignore you for one that answers, but the one that answers, it's really nice. Like it's worked out really well. And that's happened. I've been able to do three different like long-term brand relationships like like that. Um, So you have to have your own contract and you have to be able to negotiate for yourself. But I've really enjoyed that process. And then you're not stuck with the contracts that the influencer networks have. Yeah. They own some of your content. Like, I really don't like that. That's what I would recommend is just not being afraid to reach out to different brands if that's what you're interested in doing.
2: That is great advice. Thank you. I thought this is the advice that I give as well. But it's also <laughs> nice to hear somebody who's done it and done it successfully. Great. So thank you for sharing so much. You were so open and, and honest with everyone. I think people will learn so much from your journey. And. I'm excited to keep watching what you're doing. Um, hey. You're welcome. Before we let you go, will you answer our rapid fire questions that we ask of all our podcast guests? Sure. Cool. And some of them are food related. So okay. <laughs> So our first question is coffee or tea?
1: Um, I drink one coffee in the morning and then after that I drink tea.
2: <laughs> That's fine. You're the second person who just gave that answer. It's it Normally ever the, um, our guests have been like really staunchly in one camp or the other. But our last two guests have been both.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can't sh- do more than one cup of coffee a day. I shake. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's fair. That's fair. I, I do too. And I seem to ignore the shaking and I just keep <laughs> drinking the coffee. What is your favorite book?
1: Um, I really like that old, um, it's a Daphne du Maurier book, Rebecca. I try to read it about once a oh, year. Oh, that's
2: a great book.
1: Yeah.
2: What was the first thing you did to celebrate success in your business?
1: I hired a virtual
2: assistant. <laughs> yes, that's a good one. Yeah. I was—I actually thought you might say that. <laughs> yeah,
1: that was, my, that was my thing. Do you have a word for the year? I don't. I listened to your podcast and I kept trying to think if I would have a word for the year, but I, no, I don't. <laughs> that's cool. We have
2: many guests have been like, no, I just don't. And I get that. I don't. Apple <laughs> or PC?
1: So I was like apple obsessed for a really long time i have one of the little stickers on my car window with apple um but they've i don't know i am I'm, I'm considering pc i'm what? i may have been, i haven't done it yet i'm still all apple but i i don't know our, i've been playing with some
2: fun pcs <laughs> oh no yeah i'm staunchly apple and and our producer and danielle are staunchly pc so this is purely of our rivalry <laughs>
1: can you tell our listeners where they can find you? Sure. So on the web, I'm champagne tastes.com. i um, on Instagram. I'm champagne tastes. And on Facebook, I'm champagne tastes gourmet recipes for nature lovers.
2: Awesome. Well, thank you, Sarah. Uh, I appreciate Thanks. you coming on the show.
1: Thanks.
3: Okay, so I love that interview and I'm not going to lie, I was maybe perusing the site because as soon as you said BFA in fine art photography, I was really interested to see what she has and what do I see? A recipe for gravy. So, <gasps> no way, it's so timely. <laughs> so I am pretty into this and I still do have questions about her mute cat.
2: I think we're going to, I should have integrated them. I'm sorry I didn't talk to you about that in advance, but we'll just have to have her on a (laughs) follow-up. We want to hear about your Thanksgiving plans in the HQ. And a special note, Danielle and I will be taking Thanksgiving off. So our next episode will be the following Thursday after Thanksgiving. Try not to miss us too much, but we're pretty sure with eating all that amazing food, you won't even miss us until Friday. (laughs)
3: And if you want show notes for this episode, you can visit businessease.com slash episode 62. Thanks so much. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of the BusinessEase Influencer Marketing Podcast. Please subscribe if you haven't already. If you like the podcast, we'd love if you give us a review in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your reviews help new listeners find us. If you have any questions, you can email us at questions at businessease.com. We'd really love to hang out with you on our Facebook group, the Businesses HQ. To join, visit businessease.com slash HQ. We want to give a big thank you to our producer, Don Jackson of the Raven Media Group, for making us sound so very good. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you again next week. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Steve Turney hosts a great podcast geared toward mental health marketers called The
0: Boost.
2: or search for The Boost wherever you get your podcasts.
3: You heard him. Go
2: subscribe.
3: This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.